Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, our Digest and Investors. Hope you're all doing very well. As usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Australia. Josh, how are you? I'm good, Sam. Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. So you, you've had a, a week away from from markets um, and we haven't, the markets haven't crashed yet. So there's no bad omens there, but how have, uh, how have you found your time off? Yeah, very good. Uh, we were just saying it's it's hard to step back from markets and then uh, jump back into markets again. There's a lot that always goes on, even if it's in a small way. Uh, it's difficult to, to to sort of stay in tune. Um, you forget sort of how much goes on in just one week within the market. So, uh, but no, it's uh, it's always good to to be back on deck. So, no, fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get cracking. Uh, and I guess on the podcast this week, um, we can talk about a few different things. Netflix. They've just had their earnings uh, that have come out, depending obviously when you listen to this. So this is, what time is it now or day is it? It's for Wednesday morning, uh, UK time. So Netflix earnings are out last night. So we'll go through that. Uh, we can also talk about why investors are potentially thinking about Japan as an alternative investment to Europe before finishing up with what exactly should investors look at following an earnings report? Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's on the docket. Yep, sounds good. Um, a big week on the earnings front for for sure as well, and yeah, plenty going on in markets like we said. Awesome. Well, firstly, before we get into the Netflix earnings, are you are you watching anything on on Netflix? Yeah, I've been. We we have another streaming service here called um, called Stan. It's mm. really one of Netflix's rivals. Um, I've been watching a lot of the the Power stuff. Did you get that? Is that on Netflix at home? Yeah. On um, uh, yeah, Power's on Netflix, and then you've got the the Power follow ups, which are on like yeah. Amazon or something. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I've got all of those, and then but the one at the minute for me is is Top Boy. That's uh-huh. the evening watch at the moment. Um, uh, but also, I need to get back onto the the most recent Drive to Survive series because I think that will obviously be. Uh, a good one given the ending of of last season um but that's pretty much turned everyone into an f1 lover as well how how about you what have you you been watching well i'm I'm refusing to watch the drive to survive as i'm still not over what happened to hamilton um so Mm. i'm just gonna forget about the series but yeah top boy is on my to watch list um and uh yeah other than that on netflix i have to say there, there isn't anything that I am watching at the moment, but the, the power ones you mentioned on Amazon, I've been watching, which have been great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, actually, I think there was some, this is, we'll talk, I imagine you'll talk about it in a moment, but subscriber growth was an interesting one. Um, so what are your, your thoughts exactly on the earnings report on Netflix, which of course reported literally just as the market closed yesterday? Was there anything in particular looking back at that now that you're you're focusing on? I'm just looking at the pre-market for for Netflix and it's getting worse. They're down nearly 27%. um, So following on from after hours last night. So um, yeah, you mentioned it there, but subscriber growth in Q1 missed massively. Uh, And then probably the takeaway was the Q2 outlook, which was was completely um, terrible. The 
as I say, it was down about 25% after hours last night following the results and looks like it's it's sort of getting worse. Um, the estimates were for in Q1 that Netflix was supposed to add two and a half million subscribers and they lost mm-hmm. 200,000 subscribers. So a pretty poor showing, you know, overall. Um, the only region that actually delivered uh, new additions was, was APAC, so here in Australia and across um, the Pacific Asia. So, you know, I think that can be put down to obviously that follow on from, from Squid Game. We had a, an episode where we talked about that previously, and I think they see that as a, um, as, as a really valuable uh, region. Um, as you can tell, it's, it's obviously something they need to, to continue to work on. But it's the first time they've lost subscribers in over a decade, so since 2011. So, you know, I, I guess what's important to sort of really come back to, though, is like, I guess it's relative as well. You know, in the sense that they now have over 200 million subs, go back to 2011, you're again nowhere near that sort of level. So um, it's a pretty good feat to have, you know, continued to, on that growth uh, that they're on. Um, what was interesting as well, though, was that earnings actually beat expectations. <laughs> um, so they actually delivered $3.51, and that was compared to estimates of, of two, uh, just over $2. Um, so, yeah although they've actually smashed expectations on earnings, which is actually the main top line, you know, estimate. That's what we all look at, um, or we should you know, tend to look at. It's uh, stock still down 27%. So I think raising prices has been a huge help. As did yours go up in the UK? You got to pay more now, Sam? Yeah, yeah. yeah same, same here. I got my little notification. But that's obviously been a, a huge help for the financials. Um, you know, even with a net loss in subscribers, um, Revenue was little change quarter over quarter. Actually, grew two uh, percent, um, you know, overall. So I think you know they they continue to show signs of 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 slowing, um, you know, because again, it's always it's always going to be difficult to match that growth that we had over the last sort of two years, which we know anyway. But as I mentioned, if we sort of go back to the subs, the, the guidance was was really weak. Um, they said that they will lose two million subs in Q two, so two million people are going to. Uh, are going to turn off um but the street had them to add two million so you know not only is that two million people leaving that's all of the ads plus then all of those people leaving as well so that's a lot of people that are you know switching off ultimately so you know that's a big difference two million additions to actually two million losses you know to what the street had um you know guidance all guidance basically came in under expectations. That was EPS, that was revenue, everything in Q2. It was just a terrible showing. Um, and I think ultimately we could be looking at this as, as the worst year that Netflix could have as a public company. If these sort of numbers stick and they continue to sort of get worse into to Q3 and Q4, um, you know, Netflix management pointed to, to sort of four causes. Um, one of them, the main one, I, you know, from what I've been reading at the moment is the password sharing. Growing competition is obviously you know one of the other biggest ones. Um, they said that there were over 100 million households that use its service but don't pay for it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's on top of its 221 million subscribers. So I think they've got to find a way, um, and they're going to have to experiment with some, trying to find a way to to sign up those viewers. But as I said, I think it's going to be a really difficult year. Um, but I don't also think they're dead either. You know, I don't think this is the end of Netflix. 220 million people use this service, so we've got to remember again. I, th- I think we just talk about it in a way we just always expected it to grow. But when you get to that sort of level that it's at now, you know, it's really difficult to keep growing. Um, you know, I, I guess as I sort of saying, I mean, I guess they may be a victim of their own success growing yeah. so quickly um, as well. But I'm also in the position now where I'm struggling to think how they can turn this around. 
you know, without huge cash injections into new content, which is obviously then going to affect that bottom line um, and just going to affect all other areas of the business. Is that then sustainable? You know, can you keep producing top dollar movies? Can you keep producing, you know, really expensive um, TV series? You know, are people going to con- continue to come for that? Um, do you then look at advertising? Do then people then switch off? I know probably I'm not going to be a big fan of advertising, but then mm. is there going to be a segment where you maybe charge more, where you don't get advertising? Who knows? Um, the gaming side of things that they launched, that's not really worked either, how they anticipated. Um, but for me, look, I think it's a stock I'd be watching. I think I'd definitely be keeping an eye on it. It's down 42% this year. Um, you know, pre-market today, it's down, you know, like I say, 26, 27%. So, you know, that's... That's a massive tumble um, for a, you know a company that you know has done really really well over the last few years, and I don't think, as I say, it's going to disappear, but it's going to struggle. Um, but as I say, I, I think I'd be watching, but wouldn't be buying at these sort of levels. But I also think, just to sort of finish up, I'm sort of blabbering on about Netflix here, but I'm also thinking, you know, an acquisition. You know, I, I think it could be prime for somebody to sort of come up. It won't happen, but. I just think something like Apple, this would be perfect. Mm. You know, Apple have for for a long time have really struggled to really take off their service. Um, you know, and again, when you think about how much that share price has fallen over time, it's going to be. A, it, it, I think it's attractive. You know, for 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 companies, it's it's share price is trading very close to levels that we saw many many years ago, going back to before pre COVID. So I think there will be a few companies that could see that as an opportunity, but I think at the size they are. I don't think it will happen. You know, we just had Activision and Microsoft, and that was the biggest tech deal ever at 70 million. Or Microsoft, or sorry, Netflix at this level is still around 130, 140 billion dollar company. So it'd be hard to see it, but I I think, you know, that could be a a great way to sort of change things around. But who knows? Yeah, watch this space. I mean, it's funny if you just talked about what Netflix has got going for it, regardless of you know, the earnings report, 200 million subscribers, you think God, this is a pretty good company. But I think what you said there was, was, was key. It's been a victim of its own success. And I imagine if you're a sort of a Netflix shareholder, you're almost just you're fuming because you've had just such a good 2020, 2021 to an, to an extent, and then two bad earnings and you're 50% down from, from those highs. And you just think, well, you know, what about all the hard work that got us there? But yeah, it's it's it struggled, um, and it had a low base really following the last earnings, and yeah, didn't meet that uh, either. Adverts, could they do that? I think they might, you know. But like mm. like yourself, I think I probably would would tune off there. Um, but look, we'll see. Uh, twenty, what you say, twenty seven percent pre market as of eleven a.m. on on Wednesday. Still a few hours to go. Could get ugly, couldn't it? We'll have to mm. have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see there yeah absolutely and and you know again sorry i, was, I switched off there just looking at the, the price again i'm just sort of comparing it to we're back to sort of levels that we saw in 2017 that's five, that's five years ago um and again obviously that that growth over that time but you know it re- i mean yeah this fall is really going to hurt them hurt them today ultimately as well um but yeah something to watch and again something else that's sort of been been happening this week as well you mentioned it earlier that was obviously japan yeah. uh being that sort of potential alternative to europe um i saw sort of that that japanese yen weakened yet again and sort of traded back talking about those levels back to sort of 2015 levels versus the us dollar with a weaker currency is, is this part of the reasons why we think investors might like the the nikkei at these sort of levels sam 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, for those listening, by the way, go and check pretty much any yen pair. I mean, just type in on the Toro platform, USD, JPY, and have a look at it. I mean, they're quite something there. Uh, like a penny stock that's just exploded higher over the last sort of few weeks. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the yen has, has continued to weaken. Uh, it's, it's the currency of the world's number three economy, by the way. Um, and the stock market has performed on, on sort of on par with laggards like the, the Russian ruble uh, or the Ukrainian currency. I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce uh, that their their currency. But, uh, you know, look, one of the drivers for this has sort of been the widening of the rate differences between that in the US and, and the Japanese policy interest rate, which is at something like minus 0.1, which is incredible to think about it. Inflation is under 1% in, in Japan too. Whereas we move over to the States and you've got the Fed are looking to get rates somewhere what, around 3%. You know, some people even reckon 3.5% by the back end of the year. Inflation at 8%, multi-decade highs. Uh, other factors uh, include the strength of the, the U.S. economy, the labor market, which is pretty strong out in the States at the moment, uh, while Japan is sort of continuing to sort of lag behind its peers in, in recovering to these pre-pandemic levels. So, you know, look, bottom line, it's a recipe for, for, for sort of further, slower yen weakness. Uh, and Japan's attraction is, is sort of rising, therefore, as a, of a lower risk equity alternative to, you know, maybe Europe. Mm. And I just saw today, actually, as well. I was I was scrolling through Twitter earlier that they, the the Bank of Japan, are, are open to buying unlimited bonds. So an open ended buying of of ten year bonds, which, you know, again, that could, you know, that's open QE, open stimulus. Yeah. That that's that's a dangerous game to open up there. Yeah. Um, but I think before we maybe get into why investors might sort of consider the Nikkei over Europe, maybe for listeners. What does sort of a weak yen mean for the economy, and and why is why is it a benefit to their equity market? Yeah, well, I mean, what you said there should really help, you know, weaken the when the the when the yen. Um, <laughs> and uh, look, I mean, historically, Japan is is a kind of welcomed right a weakening of the of the yen. It helps exporters like your like your Toyotas, as I'm sure many people will, will have heard of. And you know, when they take profits back that they've made overseas, you get more bang for your buck, obviously, with a, with a cheaper yen. Um, so therefore, that sort of weak yen helps the stock market. And historically, you go back many years, it's been a pretty good negative correlation. So therefore, if the yen weakens, the Nikkei strengthens uh, and vice versa. So if we were to have, let's just paint a picture, let's have a very, very strong yen for a month, the Nikkei in theory should come under a little bit of pressure and, and vice versa. So, you know, look, we've also got low inflation in Japan, as we mentioned, uh, and that's kind of easing the import cost headwinds uh, too, which is another benefit that in theory should support the uh, the equity market out there and, and why potentially people are looking at the Nikkei. Mm, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So then if we wander over to, to Europe and then compare the two, why do we think investors are going to favour the Nikkei uh, at this moment in time, do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, let's, let's talk about Europe. Um, people, analysts saying recession imminent, Potentially, I mean, who knows, right? But it, it seems it could be going that way. Uh, Europe's reliance on Russia has been exposed from a sort of energy perspective. You've got the French elections, albeit a minor risk, really, in my opinion. I think it's pretty nailed on that Macron is going to win. That said, if he doesn't, by the way, there's, there's going to be a mm. decent move in markets. You've got inflation, 7% in and around there. And, you know, if that's a cocktail that you've just made for... European equity markets, it's not a positive outlook, right? Whereas 
Japan, let's just compare the two there. Their inflation rate is is, is so small in comparison. Uh, and they've got a lot less dependence on, on Russian energy. So we'll call that one nil to, to, to Japan there, I guess. Um, but that said, look, not is all bad in Europe. Um, but the positives in Europe, Japan kind of shares them, right? With low interest rates, cheap valuations, a more cyclical index composition and competitive globalized corporate. So, you know, all, all good positive things. And look, overall, Japan is a relative sort of safer haven for those looking to maintain that cyclical exposure to global growth. So look, it, it is worth noting that there has been some sort of talk about Bank of Japan intervention, FX intervention. Um, but I was speaking to, to sort of Ben Laidler, our global market strategist yesterday about it, because, you know, the, the talks were picking up and, you know, how it is whenever uh, there's a few headlines, everyone's got to get there and, and, and give their two pence on it. But look, they, they've already been, and this is what Ben was saying, they've already been stepping up sort of the verbal intervention to sort of lift little effect, right? So he, in his view that he's not sure they care too much about the current level. Um, and actually they would like some inflation and a weak yen makes them more competitive. So, you know, whether they will step in and say anything at these sort of levels, I'm not too sure. But the last time that they intervened in FX was 17th, of June 1998. I remember it well. Uh, no, I'm joking. Of course I don't. But uh, last time they did that, the yen was trading it at 143. 143. So quite a bit higher than where we are now. I think we're around sort of 128 when I looked this morning. So yeah, one to keep a watch on, but you can sort of, you know, paint that picture and understand why maybe at the moment the Nikkei looks a little bit more attractive than say your DAX or your Cat Courant, for example. It's a difficult time, isn't it? You know, we, we, we've got a lot in terms of we, we have conversations a lot now of, you know, first time this happened for 20 years and inflation at 40 year highs, um, treasury yields, 10 year treasury yield has finally turned positive in the US. That's the first time since obviously 2020. Um, you know, those real yields that brings up further discussion of the, you know, the housing market obviously collapsing in the US. There's a lot to a lot to consider, and it's already already been a, a pretty difficult start to the year. Uh, as I said last week on the podcast, which which Ben said was a bit of an understatement. Um, but yeah, moving on to the final subject, um, I think it'd be good, obviously, to to get some insight on what exactly to look at when we're going to be reviewing earnings reports. Given it is earnings season again, always seems to creep up on us pretty quickly. Um, so what are we looking for, Sam? What are we What are we looking at? Well, um, Josh, imagine if it was just as simple as, as seeing if the the EPS beat or, or not uh, beat estimates, and, and just how easy our lives would be. Yeah, lives would be much easier, wouldn't they? Um, I think yeah, we we wouldn't have to worry about uh, you know looking at all the subscriber numbers or outlook. But yeah, let's paint a picture about a future earnings report. And then we can go over maybe together about what we both would look at because uh, I think probably you and, and I would probably have probably different takes on it. Yeah, no, I love the idea. I, well, I, I think I'll leave the, the nitty gritty details to you. Um, but one thing I, I like looking at in the build up to any earnings, uh, and that can be any stock at all. I, you know, I want to see how it's traded since its last earnings reports, that might be the last quarter, for example, how has it traded in the last sort of three months? I want to see what's effectively been priced in by the market. So you've heard of the saying, buy the rumor, sell the fact. Well, for me, that's so key for earnings. You know, if we were to look at, say, Apple's earnings, let's say they're coming out, you know, tomorrow. Um, but if we all believe that Apple's earnings are going to be amazing, 
and they come out amazing, the market's not going to move off that because we've already priced it in. So that's really important for me. And I always want to look at the recent sort of direction of price to try and determine why are we where we are? You know, have we moved higher for a period of weeks? You know, I want to look at, at these kind of things. Has there been any rumors? Has there been forward guidance stuff that you just talked about there for, for Netflix earlier? You know, what do I think the majority of the market is thinking? You know, I also want to get a view on, on how similar stocks have performed. So it'd actually be interesting to see companies similar to Netflix, right? What happens to them today? You know, I want to get, you know, a view of that. You know, if we're looking at, say, tech stocks, for example, and other tech companies have reported and they've been absolutely shocking. Well, for this new tech company that we're waiting for their earnings, we're, we're going to be pricing in a bad report and it's likely to move in correlation with those. So, you know, let's say then the earnings come out and actually they're not really, really shocking. They're pretty average. You might actually see that stock price move higher as you're unwinding the worst risk there. So, yeah, look, another thing to consider and, and, and it's it's apt for, for right now is you know, what's actually going on in the overall market environment, whether it be in a, in a period in the economic cycle, whether we be around an interest rate decision, all of these things are, are, are super important. But yeah, what, what, in, in, um, what in an earnings report are you, you keeping an eye on? Yeah, interesting you said about what's going to happen with, with competitors. Just had a quick look and Paramount down 5% after hours yeah, yeah. Uh, and Discovery Warner Brothers down 3.5%. So it has it has that effect, right? It does affect the rest of the market. Um, and then, you know, going back to, to your point that you mentioned, uh, just looking at EPS, um, you know, there is just so much to consider these days outside of EPS. You know, mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, Netflix beat earnings estimates, but their stock fell by 25% and they beat earnings estimate really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if we look at Netflix using the pricing method that you sort of spoke about, the reason we've seen this move is because no one anticipated a loss of subscribers. That was a big surprise, right? The street was anticipating, um, you know, even if it was going to be poor, right? I think, you know, a couple of months ago or a couple of a couple of quarters ago um it was a poor earnings report um, and i think they only added you know a, a few hundred thousand or a few million so to actually lose subscribers again that was a, a really big surprise um and yeah the, that eps beat was huge and, and you know so it just shows there's so much more that goes into earnings reports than just eps revenue and i also think now guidance has become a huge part of results um, you know, especially recently, I think investors these days, are, and especially the street, is tending to focus on on the guidance and actually the results. So actually, it's it's focusing on you know Q2's guidance rather than actually Q1 results. Mm. Um, you know, because there was many stocks, a lot of stocks in Q4 um, that beat expectations on earnings and revenue, but offered poor guidance, and then we saw stocks fall after hours, and that continued that way. So there is a lot to take into account. Um, so again, it's it's about sort of studying all the key levels that we're looking at. So with Netflix, it's going to be again completely different to what you're going to get with something like you know J.P. Morgan or something you're going to get with with Tesla. With Tesla, we're looking at obviously vehicle deliveries. With Netflix, we're looking at subscriber numbers. But then with something like J.P. Morgan and the banks, you've got a whole range of levels that we want to look at. Right, we're going to be looking at net interest income. We're going to be looking at their trading income. There's so so many bits of the the report that we want to dissect. Um, but for me, I think 
because we have reports so frequently um and it's a bit different here in in odds that we only sort of do them like sort of every every six months like um, half half yearly reports um but i think for me with quarterly reports is to really see if anything has fundamentally changed so again going back to netflix we'll use them a great example It's, it's something has fundamentally changed with netflix no one expected this from the report uh and right now although i'm not an investor if i was I'd be questioning what's next, right? Because something has fundamentally changed. We're now, we're now at a point where we're losing subscribers. You're no longer even just slightly adding and, oh, okay, you know, there's, there's a bit of an issue. We need to maybe bump up and put through some more content or bring out another series of Ozark to bring people back. We're going to be losing 2 million subscribers and this could be the worst year as a public company. Something's really wrong there. So that's when you've got to be questioning, um, you know, uh, your your investment decisions. You've got to be really looking at that investment, um, really judging it. Again, 42% down on the year, 27% today pre-market. What's next? Because what is next, right? And I'm really not sure from the statements today that, that management really know at this point either. And then that's when you've got to then take into into account management as well. Yeah, that goes into part of analyzing a stock. And you need strong guidance. You need strong management. And that's really important. Again, look at something like Peloton, right? Peloton had a fantastic 2020 and a fantastic 2021. They were absolutely flying. And then they just had really poor direction from their CEO um, who just just had no vision or, or no direction and just was really poor in leading the company. And then he obviously then left or quit or sacked or whatever happened because the leadership just wasn't ultimately there. And they, we're yeah. sort of, I think, starting to see a very similar um, scenario play out with Netflix. And, like, you know, again, again victim of their own success as i've said but you know these are all things that investors have to consider are things fundamentally changing with that company again with netflix yes uh, but if if it is what are management doing to change that well, we've just sat there a minute ago and discussed a number of things that that could happen but they've not told us what they're going to do to change that and again are, they're probably are, are, not are gonna... we available for consultancy to netflix they fly us out to headquarters we'll do the we podcast couldn't we get the potty on netflix you know that, that, maybe, that's, that might maybe i'll reach out, out. Yeah, maybe <laughs> i'll reach out to a, a representative to say you know we were going to get you on we want we want our listeners they want to yeah. know what's going on what's going to happen next we'll give us the inside scoop so yeah, yeah we could maybe we could maybe help them maybe come up with some ideas or they could maybe make any torrid documentary that could change things around. yeah yeah a well, day in the life some, someone from netflix is listening um yeah. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye but i mean just goes to show how much there is to consider but important thing is understanding what the market thinks is important so for netflix it obviously wasn't the dps it was subscribers numbers and forward guidance so you can see you know if you were someone who thinks okay eps boom that's a beat let me buy you're punished big time so lesson there for for all newer new investors newer traders no harm in sitting out wait until the market opens today and make a decision if you if you need to if you're already in if you're not in you know patience is 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 a virtue i would say yeah absolutely and i'm just i'm just looking at netflix again it just keeps getting worse it's 27 and a half percent now so it's going to be it's going to be a bit it's going to be a very messy session but it'll be interesting to see if you know if if people do decide that you know they want to buy the dip on this because again you're getting back to those levels that that we saw in in 2018 and those subscriber numbers have grown massively since that time and and actually the earnings actually weren't you know that bad if we technically look at the the earnings itself yeah. it's pretty good um but it's just that that slowdown in in growth so yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's one way if, if someone rang me today and go look i'm going to start averaging in small risk on netflix I, 
I'd be like, okay, I can understand, I can half mm. understand it because the reward, if it does recover and the market conditions that some that, that they're blaming on improve, you know, you can half understand that. But look, obviously the, the consumer sort of staples versus discretionary argument will continue long into, into the earnings season. Um, you know, buy things, buy stocks that people need, not necessarily that they want. And, uh, you know, Netflix falls into that category where you it's know, the inflation debate as well, right? Yeah. You know, do, do people need Netflix right now if they're That's struggling it. with right. 8% inflation in the US? If they're going to cut things, cost Netflix of food, cost of fuel. That's going to be the first thing that, that ultimately yeah. goes. And I think you're seeing that. So I think if you were to time the bottom on Netflix, you need a lot of the market conditions to improve. You need net, uh, inflation to be under control. You need geopolitical risks to be better, um, which obviously reduces inflation probably as well so yeah watch this space i guess but have we seen the the low right now <laughs> probably not <laughs> probably not uh but we'll wrap it there for for today josh um you said you mentioned it's sunny in oz so hopefully you still got a little bit of sun left in in the day you can get out and enjoy it but uh we'll be back next week as usual thank you sam yeah and i uh, hope everyone enjoyed the episode and yeah see you all next week see you all next week guys take care You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.